When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Here's your host, Jake Crumpler. What's up, fellow fantasy managers? Welcome back to another episode of the First Pitch Podcast brought to you by PitcherList.com. My name is Jake Crumpler, and it's the weekend, so as always, I'll be taking over for Bubba as the host of the weekend editions of the podcast. You can follow me at Jake Crumpler on Twitter, and you can find all of my work at CrumplerBaseball.com. Let's dive into everything baseball-related from Friday, August 18th. We'll start it off, as always, with the transactions, injuries, news, and notes from around the league, starting off with our IL placements. First baseman CJ Crone of the Angels was placed on the 10-day IL with lower back inflammation. Crone is expected to be back in late August or early September. In his place, first baseman Nolan Shanuel was promoted from the minors in a corresponding move. He was the Angels' first-round pick this year and made it to the majors in less than six weeks. He's the first U.S.-born player to debut within 40 days of being drafted since 1979. The left handed hitting 21-year-old climbed from rookie ball all the way to double-A, slashing 370, 510, 493 along the way while walking more than twice as much as he struck out. Shanuel batted leadoff in his debut and will take over at first base in Crone's absence and could be an option in a lot of leagues. Catcher Logan Ohapi was also activated from the 60-day IL. He's been out since April with a torn labrum. He set fire to the league in the three weeks prior to his injury, batting 283 with four homers and a 138 WRC+. Hoppy will catch every day, shifting Matt Theis to a backup role in Anaheim. And third baseman Anthony Rendon was transferred to the 60-day IL, likely signaling an end to his season. Outfielder Lars Newtbar of the Cardinals was placed on the 10-day IL with a lower abdomen contusion after he fouled a ball off of himself in an area where that usually doesn't go well. Newtbar likely won't be out for much longer than the minimum 10 days. Alec Burleson will see more time in the outfield versus righties while Freddie Fermin gets a shot to play second base versus lefties when Tommy Edmond shifts to center. Shortstop Mason Wynn was officially promoted from the minors in a corresponding move. He hit 18 homers and stole 17 bases at AAA as a 21-year-old and is known mostly for his rock rocket arm that set a stat cast record for the hardest infield throw at last year's Future Stars game. It was over 100 miles per hour. In terms of transactions, second baseman Colton Wong signed a minor league deal with the Dodgers and they're hoping to work their usual magic on him and make him a member of the major league team before the postseason rosters are locked in September. And in terms of news, first baseman Jose Abreu has yet to start swinging a bat for the Astros, making it unrealistic for him to be activated from the IL when first eligible on Sunday. Starting pitcher Tony Gonsolin's elbow has been bothering him and it has been affecting his command. He's planning to discuss with coaches and the training staff about a possible step back with an IL stint. And lastly, shortstop Bo Bichette of the Blue Jays is expected to be activated from the IL today and he'll return to being the everyday shortstop in Toronto. And before we look at the notable performances from Friday, you want to make money making picks on MLB games and you have to try Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. 
In Underdog's Pick'em game, you just pick your favorite baseball players and predict whether they will go higher or lower on stats like strikeouts, hits, and more. Pick two to five players, get all your picks right, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Be sure to sign up with the promo code PITCHERLIST, P-I-T-C-H-E-R-L-I-S-T, one word, all caps, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100, so you have some bonus catch to start playing with right off the bat. Again, that's underdogfantasy.com or Underdog Fantasy in the App Store. Sign up with promo code PITCHERLIST and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. You must be 18 years or older, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona, and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY. And in Tennessee, call 1-800-889-9789. Now we can take a look at the notable performances from Friday, a day in which we had a full slate of 16 games as the Tigers and Guardians played a doubleheader. We'll start it off with our hitters leading off with Jake Berger in Los Angeles as he helped the Marlins to a win over the Dodgers, going one for four with a run, a home run, three RBIs, and a walk. He's up to 27 home runs on the year now, and that one traveled 426 feet with a 106.8 mile per hour exit velocity. Berger has been one of the best power hitters in baseball on a per-game basis this year. His 293 ISO is fourth in the majors among qualified batters, trailing only Shohei Otani, Matt Olson, and Pete Alonso. So he's clearly in good company. And from a stat cast perspective, he's tied for second among qualifiers with an 18.4% barrel rate. However, since joining the Marlins at the trade deadline, Berger's power numbers have declined in favor of better contact metrics. After batting just 214 with a 31.6% strikeout rate with the White Sox, he's batted 333 with a 19 percent strikeout rate in Miami, but that comes with just two home runs. If Berger can find a way to combine those contact skills with the power he displayed prior to the trade, he could be one of the best hitters in baseball. Friday was just a glimpse of that possibility, and hopefully it's an indication of what's to come in September. Carlos Santana had a big game in Texas as he helped the Brewers to a win with an identical line to Berger going one for four with a run, a home run, three RBIs, and a walk. He's up to 17 home runs on the year now. That one traveled 378 feet with a 100 mile per hour exit velocity. Unlike Berger, though, Santana's trade at the deadline has not been as successful since landing in Milwaukee he's batted just 162 however that comes with five long balls and an unheard of 127 BABIP so he's clearly been unlucky his massive drop in walk rate of more than eight percent is also concerning but it isn't a result of increased aggressiveness at the plate it truly seems like he's just been unlucky over the past three weeks he's batting third and playing first base every day so he's bound to be a solid run producer throughout the rest of the year as long as he remains there and given Santana's track record as an advanced hitter for more than a decade, you have to trust that he'll be swinging a hot stick in the season's final month. And lastly, we have Mitch Garver on the other side of that Milwaukee game. He went one for three with a pair of runs, a home run, an RBI, and a walk. He's up to nine home runs on the year, and that one traveled 386 feet with a 100.2 mile per hour exit velocity. And it looked like Garver was set for a big role in Texas after Jonah Heim hit the IL. He took his new everyday role well, batting 348 with a 174 WRC+, plus. but with Heim making a surprisingly quick recovery in two weeks and returning to the lineup on August 13th, it looked as if Garver would have to settle for a minimal role. That has not been the case though, as they've allowed him to DH versus righties and catch versus lefties, and that hasn't slowed him down. Garver's batting fifth in one of the most dangerous lineups in baseball and is a phenomenal catching option in every league, 12 teams and deeper because of his everyday role and his ability to swing it. On the season, Garver has a WRC plus north of 140 and is barreling the ball more than 13% of the time. He's unlikely to maintain his current 293 batting average due to his high strikeout rate and his unsustainable 374 Babbitt, but as long as Garver is in the middle of the lineup and crushing balls like he did on Friday, he's one of the better catching options available in plenty of leagues. But if you'd like a breakdown of other notable hitting performances on Friday, check out the Daily Batters 
Box article over on PitcherList.com. Now we'll head to the mound and look at the notable starting pitching performances, opening with Seth Lugo in San Diego against his former team as he helped his team to a win. He earned the no decision, tossing six scoreless innings, allowing just five hits and three walks while striking out nine. He induced 14 whiffs with a 34% CSW across 104 pitches. And Lugo's curveball and fastball were his main weapons in this one. The curve induced six whiffs while the four-seamer went for 42% CSW. And he's quietly been one of the best Hobies this year with a 3.92 ERA and a strikeout rate of 24%. But he's recently discovered a new level in the strikeout department. Lugo has struck out nine batters in his career just twice, and both of those times came within his last four starts. Entering the All-Star break, he had struck out just more than 22% of the batters he's faced, but since then, he's bumped that up to 26.8%, which makes him a much more appealing pitcher in fantasy circles. Lugo gets set to take on the Marlins in his next start, and against a team that doesn't strike out much, we may get a true litmus test of his newfound strikeout abilities. On the other side, Brandon Fott did all he could, but his team went home as losers. He took the no decision, tossing seven scoreless innings, allowing just one hit and three walks while striking out five. He induced nine whiffs with a 27% CSW across 107 pitches, and Fott went almost exclusively fastball sweeper with neither of them standing out in the whiff or CSW department, but luck on balls in play allowed him to survive seven frames damage-free. Fott was one of the most hyped pitching prospects entering the season, but quickly disappointed with an 8.37 ERA through his first five starts. He was demoted only to return in late June for an equally disappointing performance in which he surrendered six runs in two innings. Fott made his way back to the majors after the All-Star break and has displayed the skills everyone was so hyped about in March. He's pitched to a 3.50 ERA in six starts while exhibiting the ability to pitch deep into ball games. The unfortunate part is that he doesn't have many standout skills to get excited about. He's mostly a two-pitch pitcher with his sweeper having plenty of potential with a 91st percentile PLV, but that hasn't played as well in practice. Fott has lots of potential, but he may not fully attain that in 2023. The Reds are next up on the schedule, and keeping in mind that it's in Arizona, it's a start that I'll be considering when the time comes. And lastly, we have Joey Lucchese for the Mets in St. Louis as he earned the win, tossing five and two-thirds scoreless innings, allowing just four hits and two walks while striking out five. He induced 10 whiffs with a 31% CSW across 84 pitches, and he had a great feel for his curve in this one, inducing eight whiffs with 39% CSW on the pitch. Lucchese was once a promising young pitcher for the Padres, but has since become an up-and-down guy for the Mets, making spot starts out of the minors from time to time. He's had success in 2023 with a 3.54 ERA across six starts spread across the entire season, but his underlying metrics don't look much different from previous seasons. Lucchese punches out fewer than 20% of batters and sports an XFIP more than a run above his ERA, and he can get by with his funky deceptiveness, but if he remains in the majors long enough to make another start, he'd face the Braves, and that's a start I'd stay far away from. But if you'd like a breakdown of every single start from Friday, give the Plus Pitch Podcast a listen and check out Nick's daily starting pitcher roundup over on PitcherList.com. Now we'll head to the bullpen and look at the relievers that got saves and the closers that pitched outside of save situations or blew their saves. Andrew Kittredge got his first save as Pete Fairbanks pitched the ninth in a tie game and then Kittredge pitched the 10th with a three-run lead. Emmanuel Classe got his 33rd save to tie for the MLB lead. Jason Foley got his sixth save as he worked around a run and he appears to be the new closer in Detroit. Carlos Hernandez finally got his first save since the trade deadline and this was just his second of the year. Andres Munoz got save number seven. Kyle Finnegan worked around a home run for his 20th save and Devin Williams got his 29th as he came on for the final two outs after Andrew Chafin 
Houston failed to secure the victory. In terms of closers to pitch outside of safe situations or below their saves, Yohan Duran pitched the ninth up by four, so did Rizal Iglesias and Josh Hader. David Robertson pitched the ninth up by eight in a maintenance outing. Carlos Estevez pitched a clean ninth but allowed three runs in the tenth and took the loss. His ERA since the All-Star break is 7.80. And lastly, Alexis Diaz pitched the ninth in a tie game and earned his fifth win when the Reds walked it off. But if you'd like a breakdown of the notable relief pitching performances from Friday, check out the Daily Reliever Ranks article over on PitcherList.com. And before we look forward to today's games, we're going to take a quick break. Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom has created weight management programs that are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. So stop chasing health trends and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Now we'll look forward to Saturday, August 19th, a day in which we'll have a full slate of 18 games as the Rays and Angels, Diamondbacks and Padres, and Dodgers and Marlins all have doubleheaders as Sunday's games are rained out due to Hurricane Hillary hitting Southern California. My matchup of the day is Tanner Bybee versus Eduardo Rodriguez as both of these guys have had great years thus far and are looking to keep that going on Saturday. Our auto start tier has six pitchers, including Garrett Cole versus the Red Sox, Julio Urias versus the Marlins, and Framber Valdez versus the Mariners. Our probably starts tier has 11 pitchers and that's where we'll find our streamer of the day and Christopher Sanchez in DC. He's been great all year long and the Nationals lineup is not one to be afraid of. I'd also keep an eye out for Cole Irvin versus his former team in Oakland. He's not going to get you a lot of strikeouts and the ratios are somewhat unstable, but he's a guy that just survived in his last start and the Oakland lineup is not one to be afraid of as well. In terms of hitter suggestions, I would say Diamondbacks, Padres, Marlins, Dodgers, Rays, and Angels hitters in their double They'll get double at-bats and also White Sox and Rockies hitters in cores. The White Sox are sending right-handed pitcher Jesse Schultens to the mound, while Colorado will go with left-handed pitcher Kyle Freeland. And now we'll close things out with our relievers to watch. Carlos Hernandez has pitched in each of the past two days, so one of Taylor Clark, Dylan Coleman, or Austin Cox likely gets the call today. Carlos Estevez threw 43 pitches on Friday and pitched on Wednesday, so Reynaldo Lopez and Matt Moore are likely to be the top candidates for the ninth today for the Angels. And lastly, Kyle Finnegan has pitched on back-to-back-to-back days, and Hunter Harvey has gone on back-to-back and in three of the last four. So Jordan Weems might be the top option for a save today. But that'll do it for today's episode of the First Pitch Podcast. Make sure to head on over to PitcherList.com to check out all of the great articles and features we have on the site, including fantastic player pages and daily DFS suggestions. Join PL Pro to gain access to the Discord to interact with PitcherList staff and members of the community, as well as to utilize the in-season tools to help you win your leagues. That'll wrap up this edition of the podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Jake Crumpler. Tune in tomorrow and every day for a new installment of the podcast and make sure to enjoy the day as we are blessed with another day of baseball. 
This has been the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, rate us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at PitcherList, and help support what we do by joining our Discord with PitcherList Plus at PitcherList.com slash plus.